Welcome to the Insurance Revolutionized podcast brought to you by Success Without Sacrifice. I am your host and coach, Cherie Sauer, and here on the podcast, we are on a mission to revolutionize the way women in insurance do business. We will be interviewing women who are changing the face of insurance, as well as giving you tips and inspiration to grow your agency to new heights without sacrificing what is most important to you. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Insurance Revolutionized podcast. I'm so excited, so excited for my guest today. Uh, this is the first time we are going to have someone on who is actually not in the insurance industry. Um, but I brought Amy Thompson on today because she is the CEO and founder of the Moody app. And if you guys have been listening to this podcast for long, if you know me, if you've been around me, you've probably heard me uh, talk about the Moody app and how it has helped me and changed um, the way that I really do business and how we teach other women how to do business. So uh, I did a podcast uh, episode on harnessing the power of your female physiology. And when I finished that episode, I was like, what if I could actually get the person who created this app on the podcast? And so I um, did some Google searches and I found Amy and I reached out to her and she graciously agreed to come on the podcast. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear kind of her background and why she created the Moody app and where that came from. But before we get into this, um, Amy, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know it's nighttime for you. You're on the other side of the world. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. And I think it's always really important to talk about the app uh, wherever possible. And I am on the other side of the world. I'm actually at the moment based in Morocco, but my time is based between Morocco and the UK. Um the app originated in the UK in London and has obviously had a life of its own in terms of growth. Um, I think because so many people can relate to the very simple reality that understanding the basis of your hormones can help elevate so many other aspects of your life. And it, as I said before, when we were speaking earlier, it came from a very personal place. Um, majority of people that I speak to in the same way as you've talked about is burnout is a very, very real problem. And a lot of that comes from a lack of understanding about actually how our systems and the function of our body works. My personal experience was I had a business before starting Moody, which was primarily looking at how you could utilize digital media to optimize for brands. So very early stage before Instagram even existed. And we were really early in that kind of digital media revolution. And it was incredibly successful, which was very exciting. However, there wasn't really an off switch for what my life looked like. There wasn't really a moment where I had, could take a breather and, and draw a line between what work was looking like in terms of the growth versus what I was willing to kind of, you know, slow down on. Because at the time, it was just momentum over momentum. That took a huge toll on my body. And I didn't know that my period stopping actually was directly correlated to that work stress. This was in 2016. And the landscape in terms of conversations about periods and hormones, you know, we think of 2016 as not that long ago, but actually it was a very different space. And I realized the only conversation that was really available about it was around fertility or contraception. 
my experience was that I had spent a year trying to discover why my periods had stopped and also why generally my whole body was essentially falling apart. I wasn't sleeping. I was gaining weight. I was exercising every day. I was running about 5K a day and I was actually getting more unhealthy. And what I didn't realize was I was overstretched, so my stress and my cortisol, adrenaline hormones were incredibly high. My adrenal glands were just overstretched. And actually me exercising all the time and and inducing additional cortisol through cardio exercise, plus travel and everything else, was actually compounding the problem. It wasn't helping resolve it. And I realized that there was a massive, massive gap in what we're told about how our bodies work and what we need to do to solve the problem. Because actually the health and wellness industry, much like you said about kind of being very male dominated in insurance, although women dominate the purchase behavior of health and wellness and often dominate a lot of the visual aesthetic, the functionality of health and wellness, this idea of you get up every day and you do the same routine. So take running, for example, you need to run in exactly the same way as a man. And that's just not the case. Your body doesn't operate in the same way. The way in which your body produces and and regulates over a monthly cycle is very different. And we're exercising, we're eating in this way of get up every day, do the same thing. And actually, we need to think about the way that our body is operating to help inform better routines and rituals. And optimizing around your cycle is one way, not the only way, but one way to build a routine that's actually more relevant to your body and your system. So that's where the idea of Moody was born. I realized that actually there was also not a single pill to solve burnout. You don't suddenly go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm burnt out. Help me. And they give you a pill. You have to go through a huge process of rehabilitation with your body. It takes kind of can take years, but it took me about 12 months to re-regulate my body to get my stress levels down. And again, that wasn't from a pharmaceutical solution. That was from balanced diet, changing a lot of the way in which I was exercising, not over-exercising, not doing strenuous kind of cardio every day, and also hugely changing this perception of of what made me happy, this idea that I had to push myself endlessly, I had to reframe and actually investing in self-care, you know, taking myself for a massage, you know, these things that I perceived at that point to being luxurious and when I've got the time to do it, I'll do it. I didn't actually realize were fundamental to my body's ability to function, especially in high stress situations. So the app was born out of a need, personal need, but also I decided to sell the company that I'd built to build this because I realized that actually the more and more that I was aware of what I was working on and the stress it was causing me, the more and more I realized that's not just me, that's a lot of other women in the world. And if we want to create successful platforms for women to succeed, we have to also start from the fundamentals of your body. And it's great to earn loads of money, but it's not great when you're doing that at the cost of your your health. So. Yeah, so it came from a a view that actually if my legacy in the world was going to be anything, I would much prefer for it to be this than uh, than digital media. So I decided to start and work with doctors and, and start the research there. So, yeah, it started from personal and a professional position. But the the app has now been in the world since 
since 2019 and continues to, I think, improve, which is also testament to the experts and the people we have within the, the wider team. And I guess my role is is maintaining and making sure that we're we're innovating within this space to ensure we're thinking about what the future of this kind of science and research also looks like to help improve the experience of women in the long game. Yeah, one of the things that I really loved, um, oh gosh, I have so much I want to pull out here, but one of the things I really loved about the app when I um, learned about cycle tracking and kind of started looking into this and had read a couple books that were helpful like for this awareness, but it didn't I still had a really hard time like tracking it and really just understanding the different symptoms of my body. Um, and, and so I think I just like, I, I, at one point I was using like Apple health and, you know, it's super basic and it just wasn't enough to really like help me. And then I think I just was looking on the app store um, and just happened to find the Moody app. There was like that one and another one. And I looked into it and I was like, wow, this like I can track my symptoms. I can see everything that's happened over like the last month and um, and being able to like really see it in that grand scheme. But the the other thing that I really, really love about the Moody app is it's not just about tracking your cycle. It's stress management. It's learning to listen to your body and understand where your body's at and not pushing it beyond its limits. And we live in this society of harder, faster, stronger. And we think if we just push more and do more, then that's going to get us to where we want to be until you look around. And it's like, yes, I have all this success, but how do I feel at the end of the day, right? Success and money isn't what's going to fulfill us. And we think that chasing this achievement um, is, you know, once I get to this level, then I can have the massage, then I can take, then I'll have more time, yeah. right? And that's not how it works. We have to prioritize it right now. Um, so I, I just love that the Moody app is, is really a holistic approach and supporting the whole woman. Um, not just, it's not just about tracking your symptoms and your cycle. Yeah. And I think to your point there, like we're conditioned to believe that actually we need to be successful. We have to push ourselves to our limits and it's actually, it's really even in this kind of new revolution of health and wellness, there's still a missing link where women are still responsible for huge amounts more labor in the world, whether that be responsibilities of, of child care or responsibilities of parent care or just family kind of support generally. Often 70 percent of that kind of role does still sit with with the women and whether we want society to be more progressive or not <laughs> we have to also be realistic about the fact that there is a huge amount more responsibility therefore and more pressure and more stress on our bodies just from the very society and the structure in which it's it's been built so I think it's really important for this re-education and almost I don't think about bodies as robots and, and but I, I say reprogramming in the sense that rethinking about the way that our our health and wellness needs to be central, not secondary, so that we can also be more optimal, so that you can achieve the success we want to achieve. And we can also have the ability to be more like multidisciplinary and multitasking because our body fundamentally is designed well, <laughs> I think, fundamentally. And we're just not given the tools to be able to understand it. And then we're put into a society and then told, 
you need to succeed and you need to do all these things without in any rule book or without any kind of guidance. And I think it's a it's a very conflicting reality. And the app was designed to make it really easy. Like if I were to give myself as a teenager a rule book of just the basics of what I should help what would help me in optimizing around my mind body this would have been the baseline of that and I just it shocks me even today that it didn't exist before (laughs) so I'm really glad that it's serving the purpose that it was intended to deliver and I think one of the things that we get a lot of feedback from users and from people actually getting the benefit from it is this reality that it just helps them understand where they're at and that is because the information within our bodies is there we just have to learn how to read it and there's a lot of there's a lot of conflict in terms of when we first started around is technology even the right vehicle for this and technology can be part of the problem it can compound the stress it can compound the kind of reality of in which we're living where we're permanently switched on So we designed the app around this really simple function of it's something that you pick up, you look at and then you put down. It's not got an infinite scroll. It's not highly addictive, but it is a habit forming behavior around just a simple check in where you look at the information. You look at what the relevant piece of kind of content might be for you for that day in terms of your cycle the information about where what that means in relation to mind body and then also self-reporting and then you put it down like it's about then existing within the real world with that information much like a weather forecast to help arm you with what you need to do in the day and it's really positive to see that just the impact that that's having and technology does have a part in a positive way to play therefore in how we can actually get this this science and this research into as many hands as possible. Yeah, that's a really interesting um, approach. I love that you thought about that really intentionally because you're right. Social media and being on our phones and attached all the time is part of the problem. <laughs> um, and so much that, you know, if we if we get lost in scrolling on social media or, you know, even if we're watching TV and, and eating at the same time, we're, we can't be aware of what our body is saying. Um, and so I love that you were really intentional about that and you know, a lot of social media, their goal is to keep you on their app or apps are designed to keep you on their app and like keep coming back. And um, yes, like you're going to keep coming back, but you did it in a way where people could just look at it and have the information they need and then put it away. And I really love, um, I, I used to get so frustrated and mad at myself because I would have these days where I felt on top of the world. I didn't eat. I, I had a hard time sleeping. I didn't need a lot of sleep. I could like go five hours or six hours and sleep and I would still have energy that day and not saying that that's what you should do. I'm just saying that that's just like how my body is sometimes. And, you know, I could be super creative and do all of this stuff. And then a week later, it would be gone. And I would feel like my brain was much and I would be so frustrated and I would feel so tired and like I needed a nap. And I would think, what is wrong with me? Did I eat something? You know, and so it was just always this like guessing game and even like imposter syndrome showing yeah. up like yeah. certain times of the month. And I just always thought there was something wrong with me. And I would get so mad because I would see these other people who were like killing it in business. And I was like, how do they do it? How do they keep up? But at the end of the day, a lot of them are burnt out right because they're pushing their bodies um past their limits and like you said 
women have more responsibility. They just do. And it's not going to change, right? Like, yes, we can ask our spouses and um, our kids and we can delegate and automate and we can do those things. But at the end of the day, a majority of home responsibilities fall on women. And that's just how it is. And we need a framework um, to be able to help women to balance both life and business because you can't keep them as separate entities. And if you do, that's where the problem is. And I love that the Moody app is really uh, helping support in that way. Yeah. And also it's what you said there about asking for help and knowing when to ask for help, because there are points in the month where you actually feel like you could take on the world. Right. And, you know, these hormones do have different effects to different people. So for some people, that kind of first phase of the cycle where your estrogen's rising post bleed and you're getting this kind of elevated experience, you know, some people actually that can that can create disruption in sleep or it can create other things. But actually, it is, as a general rule, the kind of rise phase of like feeling really elevated. And you might not need as much help in that point because you might actually be feeling a lot more strong and a lot more capable in the dynamics of the, the world in which you're inhabiting. But it's that shift from post ovulation where your kind of progesterone actually starts to rise and therefore kind of leveling out and therefore your estrogen isn't as, as high. And the progesterone is more of a sedating hormone. It can kind of create this more kind of lethargic feeling, but also post ovulation you've got this processing out of the old hormones so your body has gone through this process of building up your hormonal structure towards ovulation your egg is released and then your body has to actually essentially I don't like to use the word detoxify but it is it is the technical term detoxify the kind of hormones that have been used in that process so your liver your kidneys are actually under more strain and more stress in that kind of second half of your cycle because they're actually helping your body process out those those old hormones so what we also don't realize is when you're in a very high stress environment and your body is also highly stressed generally your kidneys and your liver are overstimulated because they're also having to process out the cortisol and adrenaline that you're creating in the day. So there's a disproportionate balance for those women that are quite highly functioning and are kind of, you know, working longer hours, et cetera, that also that point of your cycle is probably even more compounded and probably could be causing you more cramps, could be causing you more stress, could be causing you more fatigue, more PMS symptoms, because your liver and your kidneys are actually even more overstimulated even further overstimulated and so even more important to be able to know when that's happening not because you might need to change your behavior not even necessarily that you need to change your work routine but you might be the moment where you think okay this is the moment where I'm just not going to have any alcohol or any coffee for the next week to just help my kidneys and my liver this is the moment where I'm going to ask my partner or I'm going to ask somebody just to give me a hand because I'm going to find it harder to get up in the morning and I'm going to not sleep as well at night you know these are the kind of moments where I'm most likely to have an argument with my partner or with my kids or with the people around me. And I'm just going to ask them to give me some extra space because I'm likely to feel a bit more moody. You know, it's it's about the language we use, not to necessarily change the position of our lives, but just to help navigate around these issues. But understanding it's the why behind the feeling and the why behind the function of wellness as well. And you know, your liver and your kidneys are pretty essential to your life. <laughs> and, right. you know, we'd, we're not we're in a world where, you know, we're not going to completely start. Well, I, I don't believe you completely living clean and lean, you know, 
cutting out all all elements of kind of indulgence of your life and whatever that looks like for you it is not necessarily that realistic but to know that there's one week every single month that if you just reduce the amount of kind of you know impacts of whether it be sugar or alcohol or coffee or whatever it is or the combination of all three and sometimes in my case um you know knowing that you just remove those things at that point completely can transform the the optimization and your energy and then understanding okay well this is the point in my month where i'm going to be extra hydrated because that's the other thing about your liver and your kidneys is you get more dehydrated at that point of the month because if you're, especially if you're stressed, your body is actually removing the water as quicker than you need it to. And your body needs more water to process out the old hormones post ovulation. And so things like, you know, extra hydration, extra support within hydration, magnesium, things like spirulina, which tastes like a pond but at that point in the month (laughs) is incredible because it has this antioxidant anti-inflammatory properties you know and it's this idea that oh well we have to take all these pills and do all these things all month and actually okay if it's it's hard to build routines which are so regimented but understanding why you're doing it and at the very least in that one or two week window trying to be more conscientious of why you're doing it because it's going to help your body process out this incredible you know system that you've got inside you and and reset for the next month and give you even more energy in that kind of rise phase to be able to achieve even more so that I think it's this it's this understanding of the why behind wellness and the why behind self-care that really helps you then engage with it properly um, so I'm I'm so pleased that it it lands for so many you know we have we have hundreds of thousands of users now and it lands on this level where people really they recall back to us what the intention was in the first place of creating it so it's it's amazing to hear yeah the, um and I think too you had said it's not necessarily about changing what you do um but having the awareness and I think being able to give yourself grace too right yeah. of like oh that's why my it's okay that my brain feels like mush like maybe I'm not going to get done as much as I thought I was going to do today and that's okay um and understanding that it it is okay and not being mad at your body because it's not performing the way you want to because you can't you can't force it to do you can right you can try to force it to do something um but is it really going to be productive and as good a quality versus you know, if you just uh, allow and understand where your body is at. And that was like super powerful for me, I think, because I am a high performer and anybody that's listening to this is a high performer. Right. And we just want we want to, our bodies to be in peak performance all the time. And it's yeah. just not realistic. That's not how our bodies function. Um, and, you know, the the work week was really designed around a men's cycle. Right. Which is, yeah. you know, they're more productive yeah. in a 24 hour period. And so we have tried to fit ourselves in this box um, that we really don't fit in and we don't need to fit in. Yeah. And it's, and it's I think it's also this idea that, you know, this what does 
high performance can can look like you can create consistency in the way that you operate as long as you yourself know when to pull and when to push right so yeah. Yeah. where there's where there's this kind of ability to look at it across a month so rather than thinking exactly as you said rather than thinking about things around okay what can I achieve in my day what can I achieve in my week it's like breaking it into two week cycles and also thinking about how you plan your work systems I mean we do this in in the business as well not just and it's really efficient where you look at the things that you know you're going to be able to do and multitask in the first part and then you try and coordinate with more people and more kind of team around the second half so where actually you're working more independently and I mentioned this to you before but we have a fully remote team because we realize firstly the, all the engineers and the data analysts and the academics that we work with, they're all women. And a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them have kids. And so actually a, a kind of remote system works well because it means there's more dynamics around how we work. We also work with these kind of sprints, which is how much work we can achieve within these two week windows around the technology and around the kind of, you know, the platform development and innovation. And that's also designed around this idea that we work in two week windows. So if you, I mean, it's it's a privilege for me to be able to design my entire business around this. Right. But if you if you just think about it in terms of how you structure your your systems of, okay, in the next two weeks, I want to achieve this. This is where I'm at in my cycle. This is the kind of stuff that's going to take me longer because actually my focus isn't as sharp as it will be before. So therefore, I'm going to allocate more time to these tasks. It's just understanding the difference between how you structure the time versus the results. And then looking at the achievement over your month or over your cycle rather than looking at it over, you know, a week or 24 hours and that's caveated by the fact that you know majority of people are not thinking okay I'm going to tell my entire team and start changing my business model around my cycle because sadly the world is not quite there yet but I do think in terms of even the way that you journal the way that you take notes you know it's really interesting I my handwriting changes really dramatically and I still take notes in a in a notebook and I see and notice the difference between the notes that I take at the beginning of the month um post bleed versus those at the end of the month stuff just becomes a bit more scrawled it's like you know I've got so much I've got so much written down so much detail in the first half and then it just becomes a little bit more kind of <laughs> vague and a little bit less detailed in the in the second half and I think those elements therefore mean you say okay I need to be a lot more conscious about the fact that I need to make sure I'm I'm aware of what I'm writing down in the second half of my month because I know I'm not going to be as like intuitive about just writing all the extra detail that I need um so it's small hacks that I think that I use and and generally this information gives you that then helps you create systems that work better for you and I think help you be more productive and as productive and consistent in the work that you deliver yeah, it's interesting. You um, you said, you know, the world's not really ready for us to come in and make these big changes. But that's really like one of our goals for at least for female insurance agency owners um, is really giving a system uh, to make it work. Right. And I think mm -hmm. that that's what I so I was burnt out in my career. I got burnt out as a stay at home mom and I got burnt out as a business owner. And I kept thinking, what? Like, what is happening? And I realized I needed a checks and balances system. I needed something to give me a, 
I needed a framework and I feel like that's missing for women. And so one of the the things that we do in our coaching and something that I created from my background in sports medicine is called the ramp method. And it's really similar to what you're talking about of like understanding your month and designing your business around that. And yes, that's Mm. not, that's not doable for every corporation. Right. And, um, but a lot of the people that, uh, that are listening to this podcast, they do have smaller teams and they do have flexibility and it doesn't mean they have to um, change everything that they do, but the ramp method is really looking at the normal ebbs and flows of the industry. So um, for health insurance, for example, their busy season is November through January. Um, and then they, and then after that it's slower. And so in, in some insurance agents, they do multiple different lines of insurance. And so, you know, it can change, but it's, it's really, what are the normal trends of your business and how can we create intentionality and create seasons mm-hmm. within the year of your business and then within your month and then within your week and your day? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons I really love the Moody app is because it it really like aligns with what we do and, and how we do it and what we're trying to the way that we're trying to revolutionize the insurance industry is really like they're if you have a framework and if you have a system that shows you that, yes, this is doable, um, it can happen. You can make it work. And, um, you know, we've worked Absolutely. with yeah, clients that it is working. Um, and so that's really exciting. And so, you know, really our goal is we're, we're starting with insurance, but we want to create um, other coaches who are certified in the ramp method that can take it out into other industries. Um, and yeah, it's amazing because that actually, you know, it's it's really interesting in terms of also sales cycles, right? So, like selling, you have to be, you know, there's a certain kind of mindset that comes with being successful in terms of the conversion and the close. And actually, you know, I fundraised for this business to be able to build it, um, you know, various points within the business, and it is the same right as we were the same as closing an insurance deal it's like anything where there's a sale associated to it and I think there are different things that within the cycle health and I imagine what you're talking about in terms of the rent method as well where you're right like if you know you're going to be sharper at certain points you don't need to be as focused around how you prepare but if you're having a really busy period and you have to be really consistent with your sales like cycle across that kind of point whether it be november to january for example you have to also have systems in place where you can then adapt to the points in your month where maybe you're not going to feel as solid or as strong or you might over explain something, you know, or you might find it harder to close the deals at that point. Like, what are the things that you're doing to actually buffer the kind of, you know, the, the psychological impacts and the kind of potential negative impacts of that point? So, yeah, it's, it, it would be an, a, actually insurance makes a lot of sense to cycle understanding because it's so sales orientated and anything yeah. that has sales orientation, you know, it's OK if you're a. I don't know, a a novelist, because you can just decide exactly when you want to write or when you don't want to write. Mm -hmm. Creators obviously have their own, you know, ebbs and flows, but you have, um, you have specifics, I think, within sales cycles where it's really, really important to understand optimization, much like athletes, right? So yeah, it's it's a really important application. I think, yeah, what you're building sounds incredible. I hope it does get to scale outside of insurance as well, because so many business owners that need, you know, 
to accept and understand the the human physiology within the the process of optimization because we're not robots we are actually human beings with feelings yeah. well, <laughs> and, and, and i think part of it is um we one we weren't taught we, nobody's given us a system and just like you know around our cycle if this information didn't exist before we didn't really understand it it wasn't uh common knowledge and so we just become reactive right we just react mm-hmm. and we uh, become victims of our our circumstances if you will but this is being proactive right and it's creating intention within your week and within your month and knowing um that you can optimize your your systems and your processes and uh you know with within your business and also within your life um to work around and it takes time and one thing for me and amy i know you um we were talking about this beforehand but that you just had a baby and so your hormones are probably a little bit different right and that's for me one of the things that i've noticed um is uh Every month is not consistent for me. So my average cycle is 25 days, but sometimes it can be 22 and sometimes it can be like 30. And I'm working on trying to regulate those hormones. But after pregnancy, especially if you've had multiple children, it does change and you no longer have this like set, you know, like uh, consistency. And so that can be a little bit challenging at times. But I know you were talking about that. That's kind of one of the things that you guys are looking forward um, to be able to integrate. Um, so I'd love to yeah. just your experience with that and kind of where you guys are wanting to go. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I actually just in the last couple of months got my period, my first um, my first cycles. And it was it was an amazing relief after you know, 18, 19 months or whatever it was. Um, but I think the the reality of what is known now is we've we very much built technology around looking at regularity and we have machine learning within the app so to start with i want to explain one of the other principles of what we designed was to build an app that didn't ever sell data so it's really important for us um that we don't sell data as a business model because we believe that there is other ways in which this data can be used to help you better understand yourself so we have a subscription product within the app which essentially is all about the recommendations of what can be recommended to somebody based on nutrition or exercise to help optimize around cycle health so a lot of the work and the research that we're doing is focused on well how do we ensure that we're providing additional value and and continuing to innovate within the recommendation aspect of what we've built so the first thing is no one is regular regularity the whole point of technology is actually to be able to identify nuance and machine learning if it's built well which ours is is about understanding how it can learn trends and patterns unique to that specific user or cohort or whatever it might be and it learns over time so we've now been live with the app in machine learning context for three three years and you know there's a lot of people can be quite afraid of what machine learning is and and predictive kind of modeling you know when you're looking at something where you're not selling the data you're not using it to give someone a self-fulfilling prophecy you're using it to help make recommendation connections between what is uh, cycle data an understanding of other data within their ecosystem whether it be things like wearable data like steps and heart rate temperature movement you can start to build a pretty clear picture around what variability looks like for a much broader spectrum of the female experience 
And that's really, really important for future research and future understanding, because as I'm sure the majority of your listeners will know, research is incredibly underfunded and just underdone <laughs> um, around women and women's health generally. And so our future vision is to say, okay, we have all these different aggregation points. How do we look at irregularity as the more consistent theme? How do we create an understanding around what irregularity looks like? What are the causal effects of irregularity? Because we also know hormones are just one component of a system. But the one thing about female hormones, which is the reason we use them as our starting point, is there is a way of tracking it around your bleed because there is a beginning, a middle and an end. That beginning, middle and end can vary and it varies dramatically over life cycles as well. And so our next big innovation is looking at, well, how is the correlation of wearable data looking primarily at heart rate, temperature and, and movement as well? also compounding into what might be happening within your cycle. And then that looks at not only cycles from a menstruation perspective, but also in terms of midlife. So as your cycles become more disrupted, as your estrogen levels begin to change, you know, even into into perimenopause, into postmenopause, but also how do we look at a system which is about understanding and tracking that without becoming this, this fear of, something's hugely and drastically changed in my mental health, I must be going mad. This is the reality. And actually, if you are graduating through this process of education with us about understanding first of your cycles, then the irregularity of your cycles and the changes, there's going to be a natural progression of understanding where you're like, hang on, something's actually really changed and very dramatic here. And therefore, Moody's giving me this information, but actually I need to go and see a doctor or I need to go and see somebody that can really help. So, providing more of a, a kind of signposting around not ever as a diagnostic tool because that's not our space and we we don't believe we want to go into that space at all what we do yeah. want to be able to do is say hey these are the regular patterns this is a moment to go and speak to someone so just being able to signpost particularly around midlife where perimenopause becomes more apparent and there's correlations you can see very clearly around heart rate changes and temperature disruptions of sleep and also cycle disruption and being able to tell people when you go to your doctor or you go to your practitioner or whoever you want to speak to about what this change is here's the data and the information long like longitudinally essentially to be able to actually feel informed confident and articulate in the conversation you're having with that practitioner because the first thing any expert is going to ask you is how often are you experiencing your symptoms and how long has that been going on for and often people are disarmed by that because you kind of think oh actually I think it was about this long or this is kind of how it's been happening and if the kind of tool itself it should be designed in a way where it gives you the information so you feel like you can walk into that that meeting or that kind of consultation and feel ready to say exactly what you need to say so that's the future in terms of the kind of evolution but it's it's happening now we've just launched wearable integration so um you can actually update the app and, and integrate wearables now so bringing in kind of all wearables so we've not we've been agnostic of wearables um and then the next stage will be um the kind of signposting piece which is really exciting very cool yeah the in um it is pretty amazing how intuitive the app is because like it'll say you know my my cycle is coming and it starts a couple days early and i can go in and i can edit and it will literally change the day it'll it'll go from oh you're in day 14 to 
um, nope, you're in, you're in Davis and it changed and you, you know, you get your like little daily, like, here's where you are and this is maybe how you're feeling. Um, yeah. and then I'll go in and I'll change it and it changes that information. And so, um, you know, it's not just like a, it's, it's literally going based off of what your cycle is. It's not just a general, uh, cookie cutter. Like this is, you know, this is what you should be experiencing. Um, it's exactly. like, no, this is actually where you're at based on. And it learns over time. So the more that you engage with it, the more that it learns in terms of actually the trends and the pattern recognition, because, you know, everyone, there's a big kind of fear around, you know, AI and machine learning, but actually really when used in the context of something which is there to be able to reflect pattern recognition back to you, it's not there to tell you what to buy or (laughs) to tell you what to kind of, you know, listen to and, and and understand the kind of wider spectrum of your life it's just simply there to reflect the pattern recognition of your cycle your data in a meaningful way that helps you make sense of it because the other thing about a lot of health data is it's incredibly overwhelming it's like really detailed you get all these graphs and all this information and it's and I find it you know I've been in data for a long time and I find it incredibly overwhelming quite difficult to understand and so actually in a way what you just want is something that makes sense of it and reads to you like a friend or somebody that's a very informed practitioner giving you information about what you need to do with that data that's what moody is it's the lens overall of that back end and you know i'm very proud of what we built actually it's a really exciting uh position to be in now yeah and it 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 really is very impressive and i and i've been using it for i think i'm on two years Amazing. So yeah, even because I would say two, about two years ago, it got good. I, I'm always really impressed with people that have been using it since like 20, because honestly, the app was so bad at the beginning because we couldn't. <laughs> we and, and, you know, this is the challenge, right? You, you minimal viable product. Somewhere. <laughs> minimum viable product, 100 percent. You have to start somewhere. And we started without any machine learning. We were just using a very, very basic model of, OK, you have 26 days in your cycle and then repeat those 26 days. So there was no intuitive adaptation or learning as you talked about just then it was really really basic it was just we are essentially assuming everyone's cycle is exactly the same and lasts exactly the same length and obviously the majority of people thought the app was really shit and stopped using it because also oh, I shouldn't swear but it was I mean it, it was really but you but we had to start there because you you to build something that effectively predicts and looks at emotional physical symptom change not just at fertility and contraception you have to start with proprietary data sets you can't just then go okay well we're just going to guess this or you have to actually have the data to train the machine learning to be able to actually understand the the, the process so and i think it's also one of the reasons i really feel it's important to talk about the, the positive aspects of technology where they supplement the elevation of life rather than this kind of endless reality where we're in complete tension and and, and con- contradiction with technology a lot of the time. If we can just use technology to help guide, literally like a weather forecast, and I always use that as my reference, like it's, a, you know, it's, it's scary times out there at the moment where it's very difficult to predict the weather because the kind of changes within, you know, meteorological data and generally across the world are so varying. But... Yeah. The one thing that that is useful for is if we know it's going to rain, we know it's going to be sunny, it's helpful. And this is a similar thing, like we're using a very similar principle. If you know that you're going to be in a certain time frame or space of mind or frame of mind, sorry, it's helpful to then navigate. So 
yeah, and, and this relationship between how we build technology, which is a positive supplement to life to elevate the experience, not to become, you know, a negative compounding addiction in our, in our, in our kind of general health and well-being space. Yeah, with the machine learning and, uh, you know, and that whole thing. So my, uh, my son has type one diabetes and they just created, um, before he would have, you know, something that read his blood sugar yeah. and then he would have something else that inserted yeah. insulin, but they've now created it where they can communicate yeah. and it learns over time his yeah. body and it adjusts his insulin based on yeah. that. And so when he was first diagnosed, we did pretty, I mean, we very rarely slept through the night because we were always having to get up and manage it. And because of this machine learning, yeah. we very rarely get woke up in the middle of the night because it is just doing it automatically. And it's amazing. Unbelievable. And that's the thing that's saving, you know, in this, is in this instance around this kind of understanding of nuance and understanding the nuance of the human experience, there is a really positive angle for technology in this space you know um it's just that we've we've we get caught in this idea of, of technology because it's so often the consumption end of technology in terms of the you know the buying the processing the social media elements which which have you know hugely problematic kind of implications on on the way that we live but i do i agree and i think diabetes is a super interesting use case actually some of the best innovation in technology that hopefully will also positively impact kind of broad, broadly into into society as well around the general management of glucose levels and the issues that that has on you know diabetes but also on um obesity levels and and other issues which are kind of facing huge amounts of people um now so yeah i i feel very passionately that there are very important spaces for this which help save lives but also help keep people just happy and healthy and in routine <laughs> and i'm so glad you're getting sleep that is an amazing innovation <laughs> <laughs> yes i know it was like going back to having a newborn which i'm sure you can relate with right now uh, but we would say that all the time it's like oh it's like having a newborn again um well as we wrap up here any i would love um so there is a free version of the moody app which there's a ton of great information just with the free version yeah. Uh, what is the difference between the free version and the paid version? Because I think that's important um, for people to understand, like, yeah, you can come and you can use the app and you can use it for free. But um, there's also a paid version. And what does that look like? Yeah, it was really important that we had a really good free version because it was important that this science and the baseline is the tracking is free. So you are able to track and forecast for free the recommendations of what you can do to positively impact and the programmatic kind of solutions that you have are what you pay for. So that's where we are impressing the majority now our, our innovation. So things like the wearable data integrations, the ability to track your sleep, correlate your sleep data, your movement, your steps your your calorie burn all that kind of whole 360 spectrum of data and use that within the kind of app to help make not just better forecasting but you know more accurate recommendations and therefore the other element that we're also looking at is how we elevate that that into other products and services as well so the pay for product is about the recommendations that you get the accuracy of the recommendations and the longer term in terms of integrating a broader spectrum of data around wearables um, and yeah, the programs. So I think it's, I, I mean, I'm biased. Obviously, I have the paper version. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, the, the thing that I think is, is different about it is it really helps not just give you the information, but know what to do with it. So yeah, that's the, the big difference. 
Yeah. And even I was um, impressed with the free version because, you know, there's these little videos of like, oh, here's a 15 minute yoga practice or, you know, breathing to support yeah. you in this specific day of your cycle. Um, and I was like, that's free. What? You know, and so um, <laughs> the, the free version is very robust, but I've just started to uh, look into the to the paid version uh, because I'm finally at a point now where. I'm like, okay, I, I kind of understand my trends, whereas before it felt a little bit overwhelming. Um, but now I'm like, I'm ready to grow and progress in that. So um, I love it. Do you it have an I, Apple Watch or do you have a wearable? Uh, do you I do not. Wearables? No, you don't. I don't. It's, no. I it's, those people that have wearables, the pay for version is even better. I would say like it is, it is good, but the wearable stuff is really exciting. And that's the thing that I'm, because I wasn't a wearable user at all until just after I had the baby so what seven months ago and I started using the wearable and and integrating it with the app and I was like oh okay <laughs> I now understand even more what the uh, the user experience could be so yeah that's a that's a big one I I'm always nervous um to do like an Apple watch because I get so distracted I have to like put my phone on silent and so I'm like I don't I don't want something like dinging on my wrist all the time that you have a message I want to go to it when I'm ready to go to it and so I've I've hesitated a little bit um, you know I what I used to like I'm sure I agree I agree and actually I think that's the thing the the I ended up getting an Apple Watch in the end, which I I kind of I agree, and I actually I think that my move is actually to have um to have uh Whoop because it's actually much more the the it's the movement correlation and it's the the sleep data correlation. But I agree, I think the message information on the Apple Watch can be distracting. You can turn it off though, which I have done because I agree it's too much like too much going on all day every day to to have just on your wrist yeah I'm like I already feel like I have ADD so (laughs) (laughs) I I have to be uh but I didn't even think about that yeah I'm sure there's a way to like sleep mode it or whatever so you're not getting all those messages yeah but I agree it was it was it was like a learning how to live with this ability to get the benefit without all the things that I think again it feels very masculine actually just this kind of idea that you want even more information at your fingertips is just not the way that my brain or kind of body really wants life to work yeah yeah uh amy this was such a good conversation i feel like i could talk to you all day um as we wrap up here i would just love it if you have just one tip for somebody who's listening whether that is in regards to burnout or whether it's in regards to the app or just supporting females, whatever you have, any, any last things that you want to say, um, and then just tell our audience where people can find, find you guys. Yeah, I think the, the obviously understanding your cycle is the best function of the app and, and that's brilliant. But one of the things that I do think is often misunderstood when it comes to kind of burnout and a lot of these things is there are really simple practices that you can employ within your general life that can really help reduce stress. And one of the things that sounds so sometimes so annoying to say because it's so basic, but hydration, like the problem with being incredibly stressed and the problem with our bodies being so overstimulated in just the general life and world in which we've created is that we are now chronically dehydrated and drinking just filtered water isn't always the best because actually filters within the kind of broader scheme can can take out a lot of the minerals and a lot of the mineral kind of baseline of of the water in terms of what we need so it takes out the toxicity but it also can strip the water of the minerals so 
hydrating, but also understanding the balance between additional kind of like salts and sugars within the water and also additional mineral support. So things like magnesium, magnesium within the water and adding extra kind of almost like turbocharges to help elevate and balance your body. Because, again, we're drinking maybe more water, but are we drinking water in the right way? And it was one of the things that I think completely transformed a lot of my life was just really understanding how to consume water consistently throughout the day with the right mineral balances to help my body regulate. And it really helps with stress. It helps with detoxification. It helps, obviously, your liver and your kidneys, which are often overly stretched. So, yeah, I harp on about this, but hydration would be my mm-hmm. big, big tip. That's a that's a great tip. I, I know I'm supposed to be um, I drink a ton of water, too much water. And so uh, it was recommended that I drink more electrolytes. Yeah, um, I love exactly. And I don't love them. And so I'm I'm like, oh, I really need to get more consistent on that. But in what you just said, I was like, OK, that's like a like, that's like a little kick in the pants. Sure. You get it together. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've, um, got, um, we've got a product launching next year, which is a hydration product specifically formulated for female bodies. So the reason I harp on about yeah. it is I was on, I was going on about it so much endlessly and giving all these different hilarious kind of almost wise tales recipes. And someone even said to me actually in an interview was like, why don't you just make a product for this? And I was like, that is a very good point. So we have actually formulated something but it's going to be live next year and it's I'm very biased in this but it's got antioxidant it's got electrolytes it doesn't taste powdery and awful it tastes really good um and it will be live next year so yeah from January oh I'll send you to try on when that launches we'll have to have you back on and talk about it um will that only be available in the UK or is that going to come to the U.S. It will be in the U.S., so that will be available in the U.S. in January. So at the moment, we're just selling it in the U.K., but we're bringing it to the U.S. soon. We just wanted to test it out, and everyone's loving it, and it's doing well. So, yeah, it's going to come over to the U.S. in January. And, yeah, but it will be all on – the best place to find out what's going on, actually, with the app is on the Instagram page, um, which is at Moody Month. And then the app, obviously, is available on iOS and also on Android, so – wherever google play and apple app store and then yeah everything from an updates point of view though is best to check out the instagram awesome thank you so much for being here today amy i know it's late for you um and you you did great this was such a good conversation um i'm i'm so happy that you came on and um excited for this information to get out into the world and into our audience and um, I just hope that uh, people connect with it and get on and start using the app because I absolutely love it. So thank you so much for being on today. Thanks so much. Thank you, everybody, for sticking around. We will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Insurance Revolutionized podcast today. We know there is a lot on your plate, so it means the world to us that you stopped in to give us a listen. We hope you will join us each week as we dive into topics such as mindset, goal setting, productivity, self-care, and so much more. We want to inspire more women to have success without sacrificing what is most important to them. And we need your help. If this podcast has inspired you, would you do us a favor? Would you take a minute to leave us a rating and review or share with your friends? Let's change the face of insurance for women. Until next time.